Welcome to the So To Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Beadle. You want to find us on Facebook, just search So To Speak. Go ahead and add yourself to our group if you want further discussions on these episodes and also on additional content that I'm posting online as well as what others are posting and sharing. Find us on Twitter at speak underscore official. We have an event coming up this Friday, March 16th at 7 p.m. at the CHOP. Information in the description. But today, I'm going to do part one of a two-parter um, series of episodes on our first book that we're reading as a group together, which is 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, An Antidote to Chaos. Let's go. Okay, let's talk about this book, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. But before we do, we have to talk about the author because whenever we review a book, right, whether you've done this in college or you do this, you try to do this brief review in order to sell a book to a friend so that they'll actually get the book, um, there are different rules that we tend to abide by, right? There's not an infinite amount of ways to summarize, explain, or review a book. There are actually a finite number of ways, but within that finitude, there are so many different ways to go about it. <laughs> and so this first part uh, of this review is going to be explaining why this book's important, what the overall message of the book seems to be, and the second part we'll dive a little bit deeper into the chapter titles and then actually reading quotes from the book. But first of all, let me do a brief sketch of how to review a book, right? Essentially, there's two different um, things you got to look at with when you review a book that's nonfiction. First of all, what is the author trying to teach me? And then, what is the author's point of view? What is their feeling towards the content that they're explaining and how is that coloring the information they're giving me and then what is that and what is the author trying to um, give to me right now if if an author could just tell me what they were trying to say in a sentence and that were enough there would never be books they would just be twitter you know posts okay it's not enough the reason why this book is 400 pages is because Peter's Peter or over 400 pages is because Peterson himself is trying to work out um, what this means, right? What this is. And so I'm going to do it, um, my best to kind of introduce that. An essay itself literally means to work out. It doesn't mean you have it. You're not certain just yet. It is a working out of an issue. That's why the best essays are from authors who include their own stories and how they engage with the subject matter, not just the data, the facts. They also engage in theory. Theories try to organize the facts in a narrative, a structure which is coherent to us, which we can make sense um, of. So what? Why, why Peterson? Who cares, right? Well, Peterson, of course, is a clinical psychologist from Toronto. He was trained at the prestigious McGill University, taught at Harvard University, and then now is a tenure professor of, of uh, psychology at the University of Toronto. That's like the Harvard of Canada, right? Um, they also... Um, Peterson is also a practitioner, so he sees patients and um, has done a lot to help people in different professions either gain a larger income, um, sell themselves, present themselves to the world. Presenting oneself to the world is really what this book is about, right? It's not 12 rules for life so that you don't kill yourself, 12 rules for life so you do better at your job, 12 rules for your life. It's No, Peterson is is subtitling his book an antidote to chaos because he believes that the chaos of the world must be met by the logos of the human being the story uh, by the person that he wants his reader to engage with the world in the most practical 
and beneficial, reasonable sense. Peterson himself is often asked whether or not he's a Christian because his, just because he tends to include Christian themes in his lectures and in his, in his philosophy. Uh, this is, I don't think this is the truth, actually. I don't find Peterson to be an orthodox Christian. Um, you're not an orthodox Christian if you rely upon Jungian archetypes to, um, as the fundamental descriptions of biblical reality, right? <laughs> I mean, I love Carl Jung as much as the next person, and I like what Carl Jung does as a psychoanalyst in the way that he sort of subverts uh, Freud. But it's got to be, we got to make this very clear that at heart, it seems like when I read the book and I look at Peterson's, the corpus of his work, Peterson is a, um, is a, is a naturalist. He's an American pragmatist, right? Um, he's in the pragmatist tradition, which says that language is to be used as a mechanism for um, pushing the world forward, for changing the world, that the that the world, that the cosmos is not a static set of principles, but in fact, it is ever moving and is dynamic, right? This is what he seems to be about. Now, this is not to say that uh, Peterson's a progressive, okay? He's not someone who believes that, um, and especially in this book, you can tell, he's not someone who believes that language is this arbitrary tool by which we change the world, no, um, language simply uncover, uncovers that which we already find meaningful, um, uncovers the values which already are within our biology and within our, our personhood, which already exist, and that cl- clearly exist outside of ourselves, right? Uh, that are to be discovered. Uh, he gets a lot of this from evolution, his, his view of evolutionary biology, um, which is good, which is why a lot, this is such a strange time we're living in because a lot of atheists and Christians are uh, finding themselves as partners in, in, this, in this new work going forward in our culture today uh, because that we have a lot of the same views about human nature, right? A lot of the, is these uh, evolutionary biologists like Stephen Pinker or um, Jordan Peterson um, don't believe that human beings are born with a blank slate, which he mentions a lot in his book, 12 Rules for Life, right? In 12 Rules for Life, Peterson begins with the fact that human beings are, or we are being tainted by malevolence, which Christians call original sin, right? We, we also don't think that um, people are born the tabula rasa, right? The blank slate. Um, people have a nature. They must learn to wrestle with it. Part of the journey of life is learning how to wrestle with your nature, wrestle with your desires, and learning to steward your desires into virtue. So that's the first thing, right? Uh, But Peterson does, uh, to his credit, take the argument further than a lot of his colleagues are willing to take it in the naturalist camp, right? So while on the one hand, Jordan Peterson may be... um, and, you know, not on the same page as, say, Christian apologist William Lane Craig, which is that, if you haven't seen that um, debate, you should see it. I'm going to link it in the description. Um, he's also not on the same page with Eric Weinstein, right, the evolutionary biologist, who will agree with some of the metaphors and archetypes, but sort of will not go the distance with what Peterson calls the logos, right? He des- And he defines the logos in his book in a way that is confusing powerful, meaningful, but essentially, right, the logos could be um, the truth that coordinates a changing universe. Um, The New Testament 
actually takes the Logos in the Gospel of St. John and, and uses it a different way by calling Jesus himself the Logos. So that Christianity is not uh, a totally new religion, but simply um, a, a religion that, that uh, takes all these things that are already true in the universe and then sort of explains them further in such a way that people can actually find the paradox of their faith liberating. And Peterson has no problem um, extolling the virtues of Christianity. He has no problem um, talking about his own Christian impulse that he may not admit to believing that God exists. Um, And properly, in other interviews, Peterson has actually said he does not think that God exists, but he is afraid that God exists, which is an interesting way to frame the discussion. Um, Some other criticisms of Jordan Peterson have been that he's a conservative posing as an intellectual, posing as a psychologist in order to actually win a certain group of intellectuals on his side and start a movement. But that's not true at all either because Peterson has repeatedly stated over and over again um, explicitly and implicitly that he's more of a British liberal and he's philosophically in the American pragmatist tradition and he's an individualist, right? He's not, um, strictly speaking, a conservative. But a conservative today, of course, is anybody who does not get on board with the ultra-left, ultra-progressive agenda of, of constant evolution, constant change for change's sake, for change, for justice, for change, for change, for change. If you are an adherer to any kind of stability, you are branded a conservative and that's somehow a negative thing. And, um, and of course, what people don't understand is that Peterson's conservatism, if there is a conservatism to be had in his book, is really uh, more of a response to nihilism, the, the, the view that says that nothing has meaning outside of the subjective experience. And, um, and he admits that there are nihilistic tendencies that come out of um, a neoliberalism, which he gets a lot from Russian literature. A lot of this comes out of Dostoevsky directly. Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky wrote a novel called Demons back in the day, and uh, uh, the brothers Karamazov, both of which deal heavily with this theme of impending nihilism that was creeping upon the enlightened class emerging out of the aristocracy in Russia at the time, which, according to Dostoevsky, was a train wreck. Now, this is not to say that Dostoevsky or Peterson is approving of some sort of elitist class ruling over society and using God or money or whatever the worldview is to do it. He's just simply saying that um, in his book, as well as in his, his, his message, that, that no, things have meaning even outside of our experience. This is the critical realist approach for those of you who are philosophy nerds, that no, there are ways to live life um, outside of just rights. There's also responsibility. And if you don't balance the rights discussion with responsibility, there's going to be an issue. We're going to have a problem. There's going to be a destabilization unlike anything we've ever seen before. And, of course, to have rampant destabilization is not good for a society. Stability is incredibly hard to um, achieve in, in any society, right? So that the mystery in societies are not things like war, disease, calamity, slavery. Those are sort of like givens in history and societies. The mystery is how people live together in harmony, in peace. The mystery is how you can have stability. That is the great mystery of society. And so Peterson in his book, 12 Rules for Life, is trying to outline 
a way of being in the world that brings stability amidst the chaos, that brings fulfillment and meaning. It's a tall order. Personally, I think he does it. I think he achieves what he um, sets out to do with the book. Um, it has its own shortcomings. At, at times, you can tell that it was written sort of like in fits and starts. And um, I was hoping that Peterson was going to write a book that was going to be more of a manifesto. Um, but instead, he chose to write a book that would be more of a self-help book, which is sort of like not really what it is. It's bigger than a self-help book. But I think as I began, you know, as I began to read this book, I realized that what he was doing was was very a, a very humble thing to do. Um, to to off the heels of all of his controversy, instead of writing a book to stir the masses, he writes a book that he thinks will actually help individuals cope with what has been called liquid modernity. And um, I'm very excited about the book. I hope that people will go go out and buy the book and read it cover to cover, take their notes. I have finished it. I finished it in three days. I love the book. Um, and and it's, it's a good thing to stir, to stir the soul and the intellect. So if you're looking for something to really do that, this is the book to, to, uh, to do that for you. Part two will be coming soon, um, hopefully tomorrow. Um, you have a great day. And go buy the book. Hey, thanks for listening to the So To Speak podcast. I just once again want to thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you hear here and you want to leave an honest review, go ahead and go to iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. These I, I literally record these things and then they're posted within five minutes from the time that I um, release them online. So I'm trying to do these every day, every weekday. And so if you like them, share. Let's get these subscriptions up. Leave a comment. Join our Facebook group, Twitter. Remember, March 16th this Friday. Starting at 7 p.m., we have our next uh, meeting. Hope you have a great day.